0: to bring peace between man and God, God put that punishment on Jesus. And so if we accept him as our Savior, then God says, you're right with me. And so today is one of those days where we sort of reset and we realize who we really are. We are individuals who were created, and because of one guy messing it up, one guy giving in, sin entered into the world, and that was Adam. And I'm not trying to highlight Adam as this bad guy. Trust me, if it was me, I'd have let the devil in too. Because Adam didn't have the power, and God was showing it. He was showing his grace so that when the second Adam came on the scene, he would show for us, by the power of God, that he could say no to sin and no to Satan. And even today, I can't say no to the devil on my own, but with the power of the Holy Spirit of God, which Jesus made available for us, I can resist the devil and he will flee. And when I'm linked up with another Christian or other believers, we're better together. Will you look at somebody and say, hey, we're better together? Don't say, I need you. I need you. I need you. And so let's, um, let's start this, uh, this last leg of catching the scent of the house. Remember, love, unity, the word of God, humility, and the Holy Spirit. These are the things that help divine, define the atmosphere of this temple, if you will, when we gather, but also the temple when we go home and also the temple which is us. The Bible says we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives in us. So each temple should have this scent, this aroma. And as we closed out last week on humility, work hard to give the Holy Spirit a place in your life. How do you work hard? Say yes. The, the most energy you can ex, expend of, of giving place to the Holy Spirit is just saying yes. One of my favorite hymns is, I surrender all. And that's all he's looking for. He's looking for us to say yes. When we say yes to him, he comes with the power. I pray that you use that with humility, humility humility. And I'm not going to teach on it. Um, In fact, today's teaching will be a little short, Um, but one thing I will say off of last week's um, teaching is replace complaining with thankfulness and gratitude. Please don't, when that spirit of complaining tries to come, be quick to identify it, and I'll show you how to do that a little bit better today as we talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, be quick to identify it, and then starve it. Starve it, fast it, fast complaining. Um, uh, this came to my mind this week as I was studying for today's teaching, and it has to do with my son, Andrew. Uh, Pam and I have three sons, and, uh, and we have two daughter-in-laws, and we daughters in love. or daughters. Um, and we have two granddaughters. Um, one is five this coming July. And the other, Tam um, <laughs> is over there saying, come on. Um, we found out on Mother's Day that we get to meet our second granddaughter sometime in September. Um, and so we're so pumped about that. Um, but my my middle son andrew who is a successful businessman is an amazing gift in the body of christ and we just all three of our sons are amazing and we get to celebrate i'm not one of those pastors that hide the joy of our children no i'm going to celebrate our sons just like god celebrates his children all right, and may that be an education for all of you. If you have children, celebrate your children. Um, and so, yeah, I'm not that guy. It's like, oh, my son, oh. nope, nope. Ryan Daniel, Andrew Christian, Jordan Matthew, they are amazing, and we are so pumped that God has given the gift of, of our sons. And, um, but Andrew, our middle son, since he was a little guy, he had a problem losing things i mean he lost everything he would lose his game boys he would lo- he just lose everything everything one time we went back to the movie theater and we're pulling up seats looking for his game boy that he lost in the movie theater i remember when he first went away to college the day of he lost his driver's license he lost his, I mean, his you know and i remember i prefaced it with he's an amazing son he's amazing he's amazing. but he went through that period And just want to bring this thing up about complaining as we close this out. I remember when he was dating his girlfriend, who is now his wife. They've been married for five years. And um, I remember they were dating, and he had had taken the car, and they had gone over to Cherry Hill to uh, IHOP. And there they were, you know. And as it normally is, I got a call. I got a call. (laughs) Hey, Dad. (laughs) And I think he, he either lost the keys to the car or it was something. It was something crazy. And I was like, oh, And so while I'm driving, while I'm driving, I got all of these thoughts going through my head. And the enemy wants me to complain and be upset and be annoyed. And, and I get close to, I was driving down Route 38. I get close to the parking lot. And I got this. It was just this whoosh. And the picture came what if he wasn't here? What if you didn't have the gift of him? And immediately, my heart just filled with so much compassion and gratitude and appreciation. He almost didn't recognize who I was when I walked in the restaurant. I walked in, I was like, hey, hey Ange. I called his name is Andrew. I call him Ange. I was like, hey Ange. He's like, hey, hey, hey dad. You know, as if to say, you know I lost the keys, right? Um I walked in, I said, son, I appreciate you so much. And I'm so grateful that God gave you to mom and I as a gift. And yeah, you lost the keys, but it could have been worse. I'm just glad that we have this relationship and that I am the kind of father that can run and take care of you when you do fall. We stood there and hugged and cried in the middle of the IHOP restaurant. And I say that to show you that it's, It's very easy to get into complaining mode. It's very easy to look at things that are off. And I've been on both sides of it. I've been on both sides of it. I'm not painting this picture like I'm some great holy dad. No, (laughs) I've been on both sides of it. But what I've learned and I continue to learn is that when you have a grateful heart, you keep the presence of God in and life and joy ends up being your rhythm. You guys receive that? Look at somebody and say, I'm very grateful for you. I'm planting a seed right now for the gratitude I have for my family, who I don't always get along with. Ah, uh, all right? That's good? Okay. All right. So let's let that close out. And We did a whole bunch of teaching on complaining and all that. So you can look at the, uh, go online and see some of the teachings from not just myself, but Pastor Pam and some of the music and and, uh, some of the other things that come up here at High Street, which, by the way, I love High Street Worship Center. If you love High Street Worship Center, give out a roar. Give out a roar. Woo! High Street. High Street. High Street. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about Holy Spirit today. I'm not going to give you a lot, so I need you to take out pen or pencil, paper, or your notes. Take some notes because I'm not going to do too much repeating today. Um, I told you I love repeating. Repetition is a way of learning. I, I learned that from Scripture. I see in the Old and the New Testament the same thing over and over. The Bible says it's here a little, there a little, you know, line upon line, and um, and if you look at the Gospels, the same thing is flowing in there. If you look at the epistles, which are those, those books and those letters that have been written um, you know, to the Romans, to the Galatians, to those that are at the church in Ephesus and Philippi, all throughout, you see the same thing. And so that's sort of my style. I like, to, I like to teach over and over to where you can catch it. I need you to catch it. Catch it not just so that you can say, I know a lot but catch it to where you can give it out. You can give it out. And so, um, but today, we'll do some on Wednesday night, some unpacking, which is, as Julie mentioned, unpacking the point. We're gonna go over this a little bit. But today, I just wanna talk about Holy Spirit. I wanna give you some statements about him. You'll have to write them down. They're not all up on screen. Um, But um, uh, I'm hoping that when you get home sometime this week, you say to the Holy Spirit, um, show me more to this. When you read the passages of scripture again, you can say that. So, some scriptures uh, I'll give out, and we'll put it up on the screen, and some other scriptures I will give you as a reference, so that you'll have more to go, and it'll support the teaching. The first passage of scripture that I'm going to go to is Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight. Um, it's a powerful book, the book of Romans because from start to finish, it lets you know how we were off as a race, and then it shows how God began to bring um, his plan to the earth. Specifically, after Adam, after Adam sinned, he began to look for someone who would believe him, and that's when he came in contact with Abraham. Um, Abraham, the Bible says, was God's friend. And he was his friend because of faith, because of faith. And God used that very thing to now be what causes everyone to become a friend of God. Um, All we have to do is believe. What's a good acronym for faith? You can write this down if you want. It'll help to define how you communicate with God. And you'll see as I go on in teaching that communicating with God is primarily of the spirit. Everybody say spirit. And even though this point of teaching the scent of the house and foundation here at High Street Worship Center um, uh, is Holy Spirit, one of them is Holy Spirit. It's love, it's unity, it's scripture, the word of God, it's humility and Holy Spirit. Even though Holy Spirit is dominant in that, we're gonna find out that he has to be able to communicate with us. And that's why the dominant piece of communicating with God is our spirit, and we're all valuable. Every part of us is valuable. But the spirit piece is the way that he communicates, even though our emotions, our thoughts, our bodies are all valuable to God, all valuable. But the spirit man is who we really are, and that's the the frequency. Yeah, you write that word down if you can. Frequency. Frequency. That's, that's where the Holy Spirit communicates the frequency of spirit, spirit to spirit, spirit to spirit. When we were in our, our um, new members' Um, expression this morning, and that's an environment where if you want to know about membership here at High Street Worship, or you want to become a member, or you want to find out, you know, what what do we believe? All of those things, you can come to our our new members uh, gatherings. That happens at 9:30. Um, I wasn't say 9:15, but 9:15 is where the the food is. Um, but 9:30 is where we actually begin to talk about you know, what happens here as a member. But uh, when, when God was then looking for someone, God's always had a plan. God's always previous. I want you understand that. He is never caught off guard. Like when Jesus died on the cross for our sins. You know, over a period of time, You know, when you find yourself caught in something and you're like, man, I've never done this thing before. It's like, oh, how do I get out of that? Well, Jesus isn't going to come and die again. God fixed it all at the cross. The cross fixed it all. Everything was fixed. That's the culture of heaven that we talk about. God is good. Nothing is impossible. The cross of Jesus Christ fixed everything, and everyone is significant. So God's not, God's not in a panic, ever in a panic. Even as you look at the state of our world and things that are going on, God's not surprised. God's not surprised. And so he had a plan, even after Adam sinned, he had a plan right away. In fact, he said that the seed of this woman, his heel is going to bruise the head of the tempter. Talking about the serpent, talking about the one who caused Adam to sin, talking about Lucifer. And I'll give you some descriptions for him so that you know who not to listen to. He is a liar, he is a thief. He is an accuser. He is a condemner. He comes with the mindset of hopelessness. He steals, kills, and destroys. That's who he is. The amplified version of the King James Version in St. John chapter 14 and verse 30, it says the the evil genius, look at what he says, Louis he says here. Man, these guys with Scripture are quick. <laughs> Look what he says. He says, this is Jesus about to go to the cross. He says, I will not talk much with you more, or I will not talk with you much more. For the prince, and then in parentheses, evil genius, ruler of this world, is coming. One description has him called the God of this world, but it's with a little g. It's not a big D, a big G. He's a fake. He is. Um, he is considered. Uh, uh, it says, the, He says, stay on guard. This is what Peter says. Peter says, stay on guard for uh, the devil coming as a roaring lion. He comes as. A roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. Um, If you can go back to that passage of Scripture, I I love what you had up there. I just want to read all the way through that, St. John chapter 14, verse 30. It says, I will not talk with you much more, for the prince, evil genius ruler of this world is coming, and he has no claim on me. He has nothing in common with me. There is nothing in me that belongs to him. And he has no power over me. I encourage you to look at that, spend some time meditating on that, because Jesus gave that to us as a gauge. So that when the Satan comes, let's make sure we don't have anything in common. Let's make sure there's nothing in us that belongs to him. He's got no power of, over us. You know, I am, I am beautifully reminded that Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, fills me. And he fills me with all the attributes of the Holy Spirit. And that was why I was referencing back after, after God, after uh, Adam sinned and God right away says, I've got a remedy. And then he started looking for those who would agree with him. And he came up on Abraham. And if you look at the, at the book of Romans, especially uh, when you start looking at Romans chapter three, chapter four, chapter five, you start to see that God was willing to bring right standing with him based on anyone who would believe him. In other words, you can be put in right standing with God all because of your faith in him. And your faith in him comes through Jesus Christ. Everybody say out loud, Jesus Christ is the way to God. Say it again. Say, Jesus Christ, the remedy and the salvation of all mankind is the way to God. And sometimes we think that, but one of the keys of the kingdom is what you say with your words. And we need to align our words up with God's words. And it'll bring encouragement. It'll bring peace. It'll bring joy. It'll chase the enemy out of the room. Because remember, he's always coming, trying to discourage you, coming to steal your peace, steal your joy. He's coming to try and bring fear, fear, and God hasn't given us that spirit. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us the spirit of power and of love and balance, self-control. That's what God comes with, and that's the difference between Holy Spirit and the spirit of the world. And so God's looking for someone, and so he comes up on Abraham. But then he continues the uh, go through the process of the book of Romans, and you find out that we are all saved by faith, and this is a grace. In fact, no matter how big the sin is, the grace is bigger. You guys understand that? That shuts the enemy up that says you've done done the worst thing. You'll never be able to get forgiven for that thing you just did. No, no. He says, I'll never turn you away if you come to me. He says, I will always be there for you if you come to me. But what about my sin? What about this thing that I did? What says in the book of Romans, I think it's around verse 6, chapter 6, it says where sin abounded, Grace did much more about. Grace is always bigger than your sin. But then later in that passage, he says, well, that's the case. Why don't we just keep on sinning so we can get more grace? And the Apostle Paul, who always posed questions like that, especially in the book of Romans, he says that kind of mindset, you need to banish that thought. And then he says things like this, don't you know that to whomever you yield yourselves or your members to obey his servant you are? And that's whether of sin and to Satan or of obedience to God and righteousness. So it's important to identify, when we start off looking at this Holy Spirit thing, the first description of him really talks about a big piece we need to identify he isn't just a spirit he is the holy spirit everybody got that he's holy he's holy listen to some of the script the descriptions uh, uh, of the holy spirit he he has traits and he has responsibilities but he is holy. Why is he holy? Because he is part of the Holy Trinity. God the Father is Holy Father. God the Son, Jesus, is holy. And then God the Holy Spirit, he is the Holy Spirit. The reason why we laid down the atmosphere of what it looks like around here or at your house or in your own personal life, and I'm talking as Christians, we laid this down because we needed you to understand that, yes, we live in love, we live in unity, but those scriptures are holy, and when the Holy Spirit talks to us, he's going to talk to us based on the Holy Scriptures. How many of you have access to a holy Bible? Yeah, the Bible is holy. And holy isn't some religious kind of thing that we look at where it makes us feel good because we've become these do-gooders. I'm better than this person because I do all these things right. No, the holy piece says this is where God is and I always want to make sure I'm turning to him no matter what he says. There was a rich ruler that came up to Jesus, a lawyer, and he says, how, how, what, is, what is the way I can be sure that I inherit eternal life, the life of God? Jesus says, well, what did the scriptures say? What did the commandments say? And he says, well, you should love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you should love your neighbor. He says, well, what do you, Jesus said, well, what do you think about that? He says, I've done all this stuff. I've done it since I was little. And Jesus said, okay. Let's go a little deeper. He says, sell what you have and give it to the poor. And the Bible says at that, this rich guy, he walked away sorrowful because he was very wealthy. What is that saying? It's saying that, and that's not saying, I'm not giving you that word. And that's not what the Lord is saying to you. He always locates you where you are, which is why it's important for us as we go through this series that we learn how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because God's going to cause you to do something that he's maybe not calling another person to do. I want to let that sit on you for a minute. God's going to call you to respond in your family to a particular family member that may not be necessary to somebody else. That's what sanctification is all about. He is setting us apart, and he is purifying us by the Holy Spirit, through Scripture, but also these individual trials that he takes us through because he's trying to prune us. And he wants us to be gold, not just on a Sunday morning when we come in. He wants us to be gold in our motives, in our appetites, in our moods, in our desires, He wants us to be holy. So he says to this young guy, go and sell what you have, because he knew that that had become a God to him. He's trying to get that idol out. I want to ask you parenthetically, do you have any idols in your life? Because the Holy Spirit is the one that God will use. The Father and the Son will talk to the Holy Spirit and say personally to you. He'll do some things corporately. That's why Sunday when we gathered, I gathered about, I don't know how many pastors there were. I mean, there's scores and scores and scores of pastors that met in the back, in the garage area of the convention center. As the Holy Spirit said, I want pastors to repent. There are certain things that pastors need to repent of. Part of it is competition. Part of it is comparison. Part of it is, is the numbers game. You know, how many numbers, how many people do you have at your church? How big's your church? How, how, much, how much is the offerings that come in? And he says, I want them to repent and get back to being the kinds of fathers that I put over my children. And that's a group thing. That's a group thing. And then that whole group that was there, everybody, let's repent. Repent of the racism piece. Repent of this iniquity of greed that can permeate uh, every life based on the culture of our nation. America is a greedy nation. And I'm not trying to bring aspersions to it. I'm just talking about the climate and the culture and the church. Believers as a whole has to make sure that we don't make that an idol. You guys receive that. But then we get into the individual things, and the Holy Spirit wants to talk to us about us. He's going to talk to you about you specifically. And this isn't to bring shame. If there are things that you're saying and things that you're doing, and the Holy Spirit, holy now. He's holy. And you know by now my teaching style. I love love. I love grace. I love togetherness. I love unity. I love building up an encouragement. But please understand that God is holy. And as loving as God is, he's got a standard. He's got a standard. And that's not to scare you. That's not to look up and think that, oh, no. It's just to say, hey, turn to the Father. I live in a state of repentance I live in a state of repentance I strive to stay so sensitive to the Holy Spirit if I get off balance father keep me within your reach so Holy Spirit you have the right to check me so Holy Spirit he's, he's got responsibilities to talk to us from the Holy Father and the Holy Son who also sees us all as significant as valuable but his posture is still holy. So if I say something that's off or if I'm thinking something that's off, the Holy Spirit is the one that pulls me back and I don't want to grieve him. Another trait of the Holy Spirit is he's got a personality. He can be wounded, he can be hurt. So, I don't want you to see him as just this mystical being that, that just floats around. He's just of the air. No, he's got personality. He's got personality. He communicates, he loves to be welcomed in. I think Naomi and Chayton, you know, who are now the, you know, the worship leaders here at High Street Worship, and they're doing an amazing job, and they serve along with Stephen and the entire team. They do great. And this morning, what they sang was, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Does he have access to your room? Yeah, I meet him in my prayer closet all the time. Yeah, but what about The kitchen. The kitchen. What about the family room? What about the bedroom? I say this all the time. Does he have access to this? And does he have a voice? With the sites that you look at, the posts that you put on Facebook and Instagram, does he approve your TikTok watching? And I'm not saying that any of them in themselves are wrong. But I'm saying, if Holy Spirit really is welcomed with you and you are not grieving him, he talks to you about this as well. He doesn't start talking when we show up at 1105 High Street. He talks to you all the time. Holy Spirit. How does he communicate? How does Holy Spirit communicate as we begin to wrap this this up? Because I want to just give you some, some setup here. He works in tandem with the Holy Bible, the Holy Jesus, and the Holy God. Romans 8:14 says this, "For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God." As many as are led by the Spirit of God. He didn't say as many as are pushed. That's another attribute of the Holy Spirit. He's gentle, He's gentle. He's gentle. He's not going to knock you down and break your arm. The Holy Spirit got a hold of me. No. He's gentle. And I'm talking about how he comes in the New Testament. Verse 8, six, uh, Romans 8, 16. It says, the Spirit itself, himself, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of god so he comes to me all the time and he says terry remember you are born of the father god remember he loves you but pastor terry you just got finished talking about sin and off and wrong how do you how do you reconcile that Being off, doing something wrong, and then having Holy Spirit tell you that he loves you, he's for you, God is with you and behind you. He is. He's not coming to damn you. He's not coming to to guilt you out. However, he will convict you and let you know when you are off. Conviction is a beautiful thing. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes to convict or convince. How many times have you been in the wrong place doing the wrong thing and the Holy Spirit has been trying to get your attention? And that doesn't mean that you always listen. And I'm not suggesting that it's okay to listen. I'm just letting you know you can get to the place where you put his fire out and you don't hear his voice as clear. I used to be like that I couldn't hear and then all of a sudden I started hearing I guarantee you that was because somebody's been praying for you somebody prayed for you like the father prayed for the prodigal his prodigal son he prayed for him then the bible says one day he came to himself something told me oh that was that was the voice of the spirit so let's, let's wrap this up with a couple of things. I want you to go to a passage of scripture that we mentioned a few Wednesdays ago. This is in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. Proverbs 20, 27. Make this one of your favorite verses while we're in this series. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord... Searching all the inward parts of the belly. The spirit of man. In other words, your spirit is God's God's candle. He's going to communicate with you in your spirit. Remember in Romans, the Holy Spirit is going to bear witness with our spirit. Which means that when I go to look for who's talking to me and how he's talking to me, I don't want to do it with my body. I don't always want to do it with my mind. I want to make sure that I'm doing it in my spirit. Now, I'll go back just for a moment and talk to you about a conversation that God the Father, that Jesus had with Holy Spirit, Jesus had with a guy named Nicodemus. Jesus is doing all of these things on the earth. He's doing all of these miracles, wonderful things. And here this guy comes to him and says, Hey, I want to talk to you. Nobody was around. I want to talk to you. Where'd you come from? Because nobody could do the things that you're doing unless God is with him, Jesus essentially said, all right, man, I want to I stop you right there. This, this is modern language. And I'm not trying to just take a license, you know. I'm um, not adding to the scripture, but just giving you a, a picture. Jesus like, let me, let me hold you right there, man. You must be born again. He's like, what? Yeah, you, you need to be born again. He's trying to reason it out in his mind. Jesus says, okay, let me help you out. That which is born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of spirit is spirit. So don't be surprised that I'm telling you you must be born again. The guy said, wait, you're telling me that I've got to find a way to go back into my mother's womb and get born again? No, no. You're thinking flesh. I'm talking spirit. God is a spirit. And whoever worships him must worship him in spirit. So in order for you to communicate with God and to be on that frequency, you're going to need your spirit to be on the same frequency that God communicates on. Ah. And as Jesus continued to talk to this guy, he ends up at verse 16. He says this is how much God loves people, that he would send his one and only son, that whoever believes in him won't perish, but will have the very life of God that he communicates on, which is spirit. It's the beauty of this. And God made it so, just like in the book of Romans when I was talking about verses, chapters 3, 4, and 5, that all you have to do is believe. You believe, and God has given it. I told you, God's always previous. He's given it to every person to have a measure. Everybody's got a seed of faith. Everybody can believe. If somebody says, well, all you got to do is believe, well, I, I don't know if I can believe. Oh, no, you can believe. I started to give you an acronym of faith earlier. Full Assurance. In the heart. F A I T H. Everybody can believe. God makes it, God makes it so easy for anybody to get into his family. So easy. It's of the Spirit. So what happens when you say, well then I, I believe. Yes. I believe. I, I accept that part. in an instant your spirit is born again and now you're on that frequency where you can start to understand spiritual things connected to a spiritual God when we talk a little bit on Wednesday we're going to talk about the comparison because some of us are, are trying to get to God based on our reasoning you know um Our reasoning does not predominantly get you to God and to even hear him. Same thing where our bodies are concerned. Our bodies do not primarily, and I'll give you the voices. Reason is the voice of the soul. You can write this down. Reason is the voice of the soul or the mind. That's reason. Feeling is the voice of the body. Feeling. Conscience is the voice of the spirit. It's important for us to become more spirit-minded. Allow your conscience to be purified. Now, I found out this morning that One of our young people want to get baptized. And as I said last week, that's a great place to be because what happens is the reason Jesus says go and make disciples, baptizing them, baptizing them. Because baptism really helps your mind it helps your conscience, your consciousness. We get born again, man. One of the first things that should happen is we should go down in the water and reckon ourselves, as it says in the book of Romans, the King James Version says, reckon yourselves. Consider. Let's let your consciousness think like this. I am dead with Christ, and as he was raised up, I am now raised up. And now I, I consciously think about that. I'm aware of that all the time. And I become more aware of my life in the spirit. Than I am, all the sinful things that I do all the time. In fact, that's how the Holy Spirit deals with me. He deals with my conscience. The Bible says it's going to come a time where um, men are going to live with such depravity, you would think that their conscience, hear this, their conscience has been seared with a hot iron. What does that mean? They're not sensitive that's sensitive. See, my sensitivity doesn't come through my feelings. My sensitivity comes because I am aware of the Holy Spirit communicating with my spirit. I'm aware of that. So when he tells me to become more sensitive to my children, more sensitive to my wife, more sensitive maybe to the person that's on the side of the road, maybe a corporate executive, be sensitive to them. I can either push him down and ignore him, get to the place where I don't hear him. I turn the music up on everything else so I can't hear his voice. I want to be more sensitive. You may say, well, Pastor, I feel good. Yeah, but you're going off of your body. Somebody started playing an organ. Sometimes you'll hear, you know, Pastor Mark, He'll be visiting us at the end of the month. Pastor Mark Arsat, he's an amazing organist, plays that, you know, that organ. And there's a bass that connects. It's called a Leslie. And it makes that thing start to shake. And you start to hear that organ sound. And those of you that are, you know, into the music, it's like, ooh, I feel that. You didn't feel God. You felt the emotion of a chord and a musical note and a sound of music. And sometimes we think that was God because somebody started singing or even somebody started preaching and their voice was shaking and they made us feel like God was there. And you're like, "Whoa, preach! And you thought that was God. Now he's going to contact you in your spirit. Because you can do all of that and feel all of that in your body and walk out and dishonor God. You want to stay sensitive. And you don't want your conscious. Some of you, you know, you have to work through your conscience because you've got family members that you'll be mad at. And you can pray and still be mad at your family member. How? As I'm not yielding to the spirit frequency, I'm just flowing in my flesh. And if my flesh feels good, I feel good. So I want you to become more sensitive to Holy Spirit. Put your hand on your chest and close your eyes. Say these words, Holy Spirit, I don't want to grieve you. I know you're holy. I want to respond to you like you're holy. Holy Spirit, I know you talk to me from the Father God and Jesus, my Lord. They're both holy. Holy Spirit, I open the door to every part of me. I let you in to my mind, my body, my emotions, even anxieties, fears. I let you in, I let you in to my desires. And to my urges, I let you in. Judge my dreams and my goals. Holy Spirit, you're holy. And I let you in. Help me to hear right. Help me to stay sensitive. Help me in Jesus' name. Amen. Hmm. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Hmm. Hey, somebody that's near you, will you just put your hand on their shoulder? Ask them first. (laughs) Ask them. Say, can I put my hand on your shoulder? I want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit today. That's what I want to be, your rhythm. If you didn't get a communion cup when you came in, raise your hand high. All right, we got a few down here. We got a few down here. We got a few down here. I think I have one somewhere. Oh yeah. I put mine in my pocket. Communion is of the Spirit. And so I want you to make sure that when you take communion, you're taking it with Holy Spirit being here. If you're taking Holy Communion by yourself, that's fine. But the Bible says for us to wait for each other. That's why we have these corporate times. I encourage you, I greatly encourage you to take communion with your family. But remember, it is just like Holy God, Holy Jesus, Son, Holy Spirit, Holy Scriptures, Holy Communion. Holy Communion. The Bible says that there are people who have died early, people who have gotten sick. People always talk about this, but we gotta bring that part up. Because they take communion in a way that is not God-honoring. Communion is a big deal. It's a wonderful deal. It's beautiful. But it, too, is holy. Seems like all we're talking about today is holy, right? (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. Don't be afraid of it. It's like prayer. It's not a bad four-letter word. It's a great four-letter word thank God for his holy and righteous ways. The person that you're near, say this to them. Say, I'm really glad that we're doing this together. God went through a lot of trouble to send Jesus, and his body was broken for us. It was broken for us. That's why we want to eat this in a manner that is honoring. We honor the Lord's body. The juice represents the blood that he shed to wash our sins away. We honor, we honor the blood of Jesus that makes us right. So let's not eat this and drink this and we haven't examined ourselves. So right now, let's just examine ourselves with each other. Say this prayer and say it together. Father, thank you for my friend and that we're together in your presence. Oh, Holy Father. Forgive us for any sin, not just sins of omission, not just sins that we're okay with you, but every sin and work of iniquity. We ask you to wash us. Wash me in the blood of Jesus. Wash my friend with the blood of Jesus. Forgive us, Lord, for any misalignment. We wanna be right with you. And we're so thankful that we can do this. And instantly be right. We're right by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father God, help us to be more sensitive in this everybody that's in this room, everybody who's watching online, help us to be more sensitive in this. Not scared and not somber. Not walking around spooky and weird, but Lord, help us to just be aware that you are holy and holiness is beautiful. We just want to stay sensitive to this new rhythm of walking in step, in tune, in rhythm, with Holy Spirit. So bless these crackers and bless this juice. And we say thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for being in right standing with you. Thank you that we are filled with hope and love. Thank you that we are sons and daughters. And as we move and breathe in every other part of our lives, whatever it is we're doing outside of this building, may we do it in sensitivity to the price that was paid for our sins, our righteousness, our justification by our Lord Jesus Christ. We now eat and drink in Jesus' name. So let's eat and drink right next to our friends. I'll come over and stand next to my friend. Hey, while you're in the process, let's not be spooky. Look at the person that you're with and say, I appreciate God and I appreciate you. It is not sacrilegious to smile during communion. So, why don't we smile? Because our sins are gone. Look around and say hi to some people. Hi, Ashley. Hey, Lana. Hey, Bob. Hey. Hey, Mike. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone, thank you, Jesus. Is he good?